War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Best lawn ever, guaranteed. Contact Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today. Now, you can call them, 401-392-1025. Get a quick, easy quote. The best thing to do, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. They have a great website. It's easy, lawndoctor.com, lawndoctor.com. Then just put in your zip code. Get a quick, easy a quote. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Take Get part of their premium eight-service program. Early spring, spring lime, late spring, summer, Grub prevention, early fall, fall, late fall, Lawn Doctor, online at LawnDoctor.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks, on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Well, it is Wednesday. Happy June. It is June 1st, John Boyle's birthday, as a matter of fact. And, folks, we have a great program. This portion of the program is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Make it a great day. At Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Ron and Melissa, there's only two weeks left. Everything baked fresh. Delicious cal, the most delicious calzones. And also the Trump 2024 chocolate covered donuts. The Let's Go Brandon cupcakes. But they also have delicious pizza strips, wimpy skimpies, spinach pies. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Just put that into your. Uh, put that into your GPS, and it's right off of Silver Spring Street next to AAA. Make it a great day at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Well, folks, it is Wednesday. Uh, we have some major updates with the missing person case out of Warwick. Uh, this is now week three that apparently Charlotte Lester has been missing. Uh, the reward has been upped, and obviously some significant developments. You can see all that. But I want to touch on um, there's some interesting talk about this whole gun debate that's happening in Rhode Island. And there's a lot of parts of the the equation of missing. Now, before I get to that, though, this is really remarkable. With I, I This is just astounding what's going on in Texas. I don't know if you've heard or have not heard it, but that sheriff, that, excuse me, that police chief, th- this is a, a disgrace that is going on down there where he will not sit down with the Texas Rangers, that for the past two days, he won't respond at all. And now they're also trying to say that teacher, oh, she did shut the door. I, I don't know what to believe anymore. Um, you know, the timeline keeps moving. He should not have been in charge. The guy who was in charge of the operation was basically, it was his department was six officers and a security guard. And then on the scene, he was the one in charge. So they obviously have some major changes to make there. And I also want to point out, because of the incompetence down in Texas where the shooting took place, I'm not convinced that this should, in fact, you know, then affect everybody. Um, Something that can't be avoided, and this is insane right now with gas prices, and whether it's the Biden presidency and or whether or not if it's in fact going to be, you know, the McKee trying to be elected governor, gas prices crush everything. Gas prices, as I've said, people people will forgive and overlook a lot of things, but the moment the gas, the price of gas keeps going up, and it's it's obviously impacting. And it and the thing about the price of gas is it impacts everyone. And in the summertime, as people want to get out and travel and go on vacation. This is ridiculous. In, in the high price of gas, it puts everybody in a sour mood. As I said, if, if you were an astute leader, <clears throat> if, 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 if it was President Juan, what would you want to do? Think about this. If you had a low price of gas, you mask a lot of problems in some ways. You know, they talk about winds cover a lot. Of, uh, if a team has a lot of different problems, uh, disjointed, various things that just aren't gelling, but if a team keeps winning, they say it forgives a lot of sins. It hides a lot of things as long as the team is winning. When a team is not winning, that's when it's all then exposed. So when you think about it, let's just say right now if gas prices were $2 a gallon or even under that, and everywhere you're driving, you keep seeing the billboards, it gives even people a false sense that the economy is well. 
But this is a, a disaster of huge, I mean, ramifications, I believe. And, and, and it, there's no one to blame more than the Biden administration and the fact that the progressive idea of declaring war on the oil companies and fossil fuel and everything else, it's just disgraceful. As far as Texas, um, I mean, this, that, that chief, he, he stood there, I think, the first two press briefings, and then that was it. So, um, and then suddenly now, then there's, there's nothing about that as far as suddenly now he's nowhere and now he's not even cooperating. So they're trying to say that the teacher shut the door, but the door didn't lock. I, at this point, you know, this is like Alec Baldwin that he didn't actually pull the trigger. The gun just went off. That's the way I read it. Uh, I don't find it. I don't, I don't find them credible. I don't find the, the people in Texas credible. Now, when it comes to Rhode Island, so they had a big rally in, uh, you know, everyone, as you can imagine. Now, folks, one of the problems in, in at least in Rhode Island, is all the Democrats, when they want to, they're all on, you know, the same page. So as I've said in the past, on the good side, if Governor McKee and Speaker Joe Sakachi and Senate President Dominic Ruggiero, if they wanted to address voting they could do it they choose not to if they wanted to address drunk driving they could they choose not to but what are they suddenly feeling pressure to rhode island leaders call for action on gun bills and it all gets mixed in you know they had diane darlington speak at that and her daughter was killed by a drive-by shooting in 2011 listen all of the violence and the crime that i've covered in providence has nothing to do with with assault weapon no these are these were all handguns. They're old, old pistols. That is, that is nothing. Now they, they, they're just bringing it all together. So in this business of, you know, Rhode Island being assault-style weapons, high-capacity magazines, that's not what is causing all the problems in Rhode Island. Uh, this story that appears in the Boston Globe, and, and Diane Garlington, she has spoke out on enough things. When children die, we die too. Enough is enough. And means So some of the things they're calling for, Limited magazine capacity, 10 rounds. Ban assault-style weapons. Prohibit the open carry of long guns in public. I, I don't see that anyway, so I don't know what they're talking about. Raise the age from 18 to 21 to buy long guns and ammunition. I don't know about ammo, but this is all the type of weapon that the, the shooter was buying. This, see, this is not even, uh, Rhode Island's laws are not even on par with Texas. And strengthen safe firearm storage laws. You know what they're not addressing here? They're not addressing the fact that, especially in like places like Providence, Central Falls, Pawtucket, juveniles bring guns to school, and the penalties are very weak. And notice there's no talk about, you know what, and we're going to stiffen the penalties if someone, if a student brings a gun to school, even if it's unloaded, we're going to have very severe penalties. Nothing. During the 2020 summer of protests, and a lot of times when the intelligence stations, especially Channel 12, would interview some of these, quote, youth activists, Providence police officers would tell me, yeah, that, you know, we arrested that person that did the interview. Yeah, we arrested him when he was 16 years old. He brought up a handgun to Hope High School or when so-and-so was 17. Yeah, we arrested him. He brought, you know, a gun to Mount Pleasant. But the juvenile gun laws in Rhode Island, think of that bringing a gun into school and there's no talk about that at the general assembly now folks something i do want to address because i i get email and i do if you want to send me an email please go to my website it's the easiest way to do it which is to petro.com and then you just click on contact john but i have people here's what we need to do and we need to get military in all the schools and we're going to train all the teachers here's what people and i i don't expect everyone to fully get it but it's never happening I don't know what's going to happen in another place. It's certainly never happening in Rhode Island. Let me explain something. One simple reason. The teachers union would never allow it. I don't think a lot of you, were people not paying attention when they couldn't get teachers to go back in the classroom? I, I mean, and I get that sometimes a story awakens people and then many people then start paying attention. They couldn't get teachers to teach in the classroom with all the safety precautions. You think they're going to get them to go through uh, all this training? and then have people armed it's it's never happening they they will not the teachers union they said yesterday rejected the area of the idea of arming teachers and here's what they even said about it larry pertell nea association rhode island 
very powerful. On behalf of Rhode Island's thousands of teachers, enough is enough. As far as arming teachers, that's a stupid idea, was their response. Our military and police are trained and outfitted with tactical gear. Yet Miss Robinson, the kindergarten teacher of Room 101, is going to be trained to stop a killer outfitted for war. The answer is no, never happening in Rhode Island. So all of this talk, and I know people like, and, and there was someone that was sending me a lot of messages, which and I kind of don't mind. Sometimes I mind it, but, but I, well, I finally said, listen, you find me one elected official that will support what you're putting forth. And, and I haven't heard back from them. The answer is no, they're not supporting that. There's no way they're going to support that. So now as far as the, the weapons, again, I, I think it's, it's a losing argument for, for those that are saying, what does the weapon have to do with it? What does the gun have to do with it? Anyone that says that, there's a, there's a world of difference. If anyone, do you look at that Texas shooter or the Buffalo shooter in the grocery store? Both 18 years old. Both had talked about wanting to do some kind of mass incident like that both also you know uh, oddly enough right around their 18th birthday boom they were in the gun store and now as a new adult they have a clean record but that buffalo gunman at the market he's not what is he going around with a knife and doing that type of carnage they had an armed security guard that shot at him and and he had tactical gear so it didn't work if he had a handgun he's not doing that kind of damage but talk about the texas shooter and I fully recognize a lot of people, uh, they don't want to talk about that. There's no way uh, that that shooter does that type of damage, 21 killed, 19 children, with any other type of weapon. He shot 100 rounds in just like firing it right off as they were just exploding into either it, people are either ignorant or they're willfully ignorant. But it's that type of weapon. So this is what someone like that should never have been allowed to buy that weapon. Never. And you can't say that's evil. They had police there. There were police there. They got shot. That 18-year-old, I, I don't believe that the door was locked. I don't. Now they're saying, well, the door, I think that's just to try to try to help the teacher out mentally, by the way. And at this point, I, I don't know what they're going to, you know, I don't think there's going to be charges or anything. She's going to have to live with that, he, him or her, whoever did that. Now they're trying to, oh, yeah, no, she went to shut the door. The door must not have locked. Yeah. Just like Alec Baldwin had the gun that, yeah, I didn't even pull the trigger. It just went off. Yeah, because that happens all the time. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV. Hey, listen, it's going to be a hot summer. Why not stop in there? Great selection of air conditioners in grills and appliances. Stop in Weber Grills display, air conditioners for windows, built-in walls, senior apartments, condos washers dryers dishwashers refrigerators stop in and see them remember they're open monday through friday from 10 to 5 47 cedar swamp road route 5 in smithfield you can call them 401-949-7800 remember you're dealing with the owner and the service is tremendous jay's broadway appliance and more folks you are listening to the john DePietro show re coogan and heating folks call them today at 401 401- 732-6562. It's Coogie. R.E. Coogan and Heating for plumbing, heating, and cooling. Listing as we're transitioning right now from spring into summer, you want to make sure your cooling unit is going to serve you and your family, your employees well this summer. R.E. Coogan and Heating. As Coog says, we're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore our services. Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Whether it be for plumbing, maybe a hot water tank, Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562, 401-732-6562. Hot water tanks, and especially, let's make sure your cooling units are ready for what's going to be a hot summer. Look for them online, recooganheating.com, and also on Facebook, R.E. Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Thing to the John DePietro show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Folks, joining us right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And Dan McGowan, I'd like to start off, if you don't mind, with, uh, and then, folks, we're going to tell you how you can get something for free. And it's great and arrive in your inbox uh, each weekday. But it's 
roadmap and you're exactly right and um and you touch on and roadmap is these high gas prices yeah i mean you're talking uh, you know at a point where it's almost seems like almost every week there's a new record high for gas prices of all time in rhode island and sure enough june 1st today four dollars and seven uh four dollars and 72 cents a gallon um is another record high for the state and uh, you know, it's a little bit above the national average, but obviously everybody's facing this. I was really surprised to learn that that Rhode Island's diesel price fuel is actually third in the entire country. Only California and New York, um, you know, have higher diesel pre- uh, gas prices. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't think you can go a day, you know, anytime you're at the gas pump, you hear people c- kind of complaining or you grow it. You know, I, I drive like a little Honda and it costs 70 bucks to fill up. Wow. Um, it's a huge, huge, uh, burden. And, you know, I think it's going to reflect nationally, uh, in the midterm. I think that's very clear. And I think you're even starting to see the candidates, uh, you know, for governor in Rhode Island and, and certainly in, in the congressional race kind of you know, start to try to find ways to point out where the gas prices are so high, because that's one of the few things that almost everybody kind of can identify with. And uh, there doesn't appear to be relief in sight. So it's very concerning. Um, Dan McGowan, I want to start off with uh, just your reaction. Do you ever think after 2014, you'd be seeing uh, Mike Solomon, not only obviously exiting the race for mayor, but but giving his uh, full endorsement to Brett Smiley? I was, I'm, I never would have guessed this. You got to remember, you go back in 2014, everybody says, well, political campaigns, you know, you kind of brings out the worst in people and you say the nastiest things. But, you know, back in 2014, when Brett Smiley drops out of the race to endorse Jorge Alorza, um, at that moment, Michael Solomon was um, a, a very heavy favorite to be the, the Democratic nominee. And then there was a lot of concern that Buddy Cianci could could beat Mike Solomon. That was the big fear that, that if Mike Solomon is the democratic nominee, it's not that he's a bad guy. It's just that buddy's going to be able to kind of muddy him up and, and pull from the same base and beat him. Uh, And so the effort to, you know, uh, really, you know, if you remember, we're talking, it wasn't just, you know, activists that got behind Jorge Lourdes. I mean, you saw judges, you saw, you know, a bunch of former U S attorneys, uh, uh, you know, do this. You could just there was just an overall effort to try to stop Buddy Sancy from getting there. And one of the uh, you know the the moves that was made was Mike Solomon was really painted as this kind of dark, corrupt figure, um, kind of like Buddy Sancy. A lot of people kind of held them up as the same person, even though historically the Solomons and the Sancys did not get along in any way. Um, and yeah, I mean, I remember Brett Smiley making it very clear. This guy is corrupt. It wasn't this guy might be corrupt or, you know, or sometimes he makes bad decisions. It was the label of corruption. Um, and now suddenly you see Mike Solomon looking at this field. We talked a couple of weeks ago about him dropping out of the race. And he saw very clearly that, um, you know, you look at the other candidates, Nerva LaFortune, the councilwoman. Uh, and Gonzalo Cuervo, and he, he thinks that Brett Smiley is the um, the candidate who he kind of most identifies with. I will say, I still think Mike Solomon is is kind of uh, gritting his teeth as he uh, as he makes these endorsements, but he's clearly on uh, the the um, the Brett Smiley kind of bandwagon, and he's bringing a lot of the you know, the kind of the northern part of the city's counselors. You saw Joanne Ryan endorse yep. Brett. Uh, you saw Nick Narducci endorse yes. Brett. So, so he's bringing some of the people that would have been at least inclined to give him a chance along with him, which is, so, you know, it's, it's an important endorsement in that race. Why do you think he did endorse him? He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. I think there's a couple of reasons. I, look, there's always a deal that gets made behind the scenes, right? There's always sure. some... You know, somebody gets a job here, somebody does yeah. not. It's it, quite frankly, it's not always as blatant as the Brett Smiley Jorge Alorza deal, which you know, essentially was Brett Smiley gets to become the deputy mayor. Um, and there was, you know, I, I know through reporting that the the other half of this or the other part of that deal that was that has not been fulfilled yet is that Jorge Alorza would one day endorse Brett Smiley for mayor. Uh, so, you know, keep an eye on that if, if that's even wanted at this point. But 
you know, that was another part of that deal. Like I said, usually not that blatant. My guess is Mike Solomon did look at this field and say, you know, I want, I, I'm still a factor here. I, he's got politics in his blood as we know. And I think he liked the idea of, you know, not just bowing out and going away. He wanted to, you know, be a factor. And so then you start to look at it and you say, all right, well, you know, who, who, who's the candidate I, I identify with most. Okay. It's Brett Smiley. And then, you know, you do start to negotiate. You'll see Mike Solomon in some big high ranking job um, with Brett Smiley. Could I see people who were supporters of Brett's of, of Solomon, you know, finding themselves in nice jobs in city hall next year? Right. Yeah. I absolutely can see that. Speaking of uh, nice jobs, uh, it's one of the stories and I, I think all the details and almost exclusively, but it's your colleague, um, Amanda Milkovitz broke the story that late, I guess it was on Friday, basically right before the holiday weekend, that that Mike Stevens and Mayor Lorza finally pulled the trigger on Mike Stevens, the acclaimed uh, collegiate basketball ref, that he finally got that the job with the city that Alorza had been, you know, trying to get him to find a way to put him in part of the administration with the city. Yeah, quite. I mean, honestly, the a, a, a position that Mayor Lorza I think probably wasted a lot of time and energy on yeah. uh, trying to get this done. Now, uh, full disclosure, you know, I, I wrote a column at the time. I thought that this job as a potentially being a, a major in the police department as a community liaison, I thought that made some sense. But it obviously was not planned out very well. And the mayor took a lot of hits for it. This is a revamped kind of version of the job. It, it, he does not carry the t- Mr. Stevens does not carry the title of major. Um, it does seem like, according to Amanda's reporting, that even the Providence Police Union has kind of said, all right, we can support the idea of, of some version of a liaison. It, you know, the, the real factor here was they didn't want to have to, you know, report to this guy. They didn't want to have to salute him. You know, the, the joke was, does he get a gun? That sort of thing. Um, and so people seem to be on board, but it was happened, you know, for a, for a job that at one moment, you know, was probably priority number one or number two on the mayor's kind of agenda for the year uh took a took a back seat didn't announce it publicly but sure enough as amanda reported uh yeah mr stevens is now in that job making somewhere around one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year so it's pretty it's pretty good job to have folks uh quick break much more ahead dan mcgowan columnist of the boston globe right here on the john DePietro show j perry paving Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. We speak with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, who uh, wrote a column. Uh, walk us through a little bit, a look at the plan to help Rhode Island win even more federal money. Yeah, th- this is an interesting one. John. There's this, there's this group, uh, Partnership for Rhode Island, that you and I have talked about a couple of times, but certainly, yep. certainly is not a household name. It's, it, it's a powerful group of CEOs, the big ones, the Hasbro's, the Citizens Banks, you know, AAA has somebody on this board. Uh, Brown University, the president, uh, Christina Paxson, is on this. And they spend a lot, <laughs> their, their institutions, whether it's for-profit or non-profit, they put they pony up a hundred thousand dollars a year uh, to have a seat on this board, and th- this was this was an organization kind of created by Gina Raimondo, and the idea was modeled after something Mike Bloomberg did in New York. There's a version of this in Massachusetts that Charlie Baker sometimes uses to his benefit. And the idea is you get the most powerful people, not the local. You know, it's not like the Chamber of Commerce because it's not going to have you know your small small business owners going to have the most powerful people and they're going to advocate for 
you know, policy positions or, you know, uh, just policy efforts that they support. And so in this case, uh, and I should say this or this organization helped fund the Johns Hopkins report in Providence, uh, Providence schools. They were major players in the attempt to merge the hospitals. So, you know, they take on the big issues. And this is one that, that you know, there's all this money, billions and billions of dollars out there, um, you know, through the bipartisan infrastructure uh, a law that, 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 you know, we saw passed uh, late last year federally. So there's all this money out there. And what they kind of said was a lot of our, particularly municipalities, are kind of are ill-equipped to actually go out and apply for this money, right? Providence is an exception. Providence has so many employees that have, you know, the experience of grant writing and doing that because it's a big city. But if you think about it, smaller places that try to keep maybe a little more tight reins on government, sometimes they don't have people who, you know, who have the experience in grant writing, who know how to sell an idea to, you know, the people making these decisions to, to award millions and millions of dollars. And so what the, the partnership is doing is they're going to fund an effort to kind of work with municipalities, colleges, other little nonprofits to try to bring in even more money from that federal infrastructure law. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it, this is an interesting idea. It sounds pretty smart. The, the, the hope is that rather than maybe Providence getting all of the money or, you know, or just lots of places not even applying because they don't think they can get it or whatever, uh, you know, this organism, this, this, the partnership is, 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 you know, basically funding an effort to, um, you know, to, to convince uh, cities to go out and try to get this money. It's, 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 it's kind of smart. It'll be interesting to see if it pays off. And every time, if you think about it, I wrote this in, in Roadmap, but, you know, the only way that you get an influx of money when you're, let's say, a municipality, you know, is the federal government. The, the other way is, of course, raising taxes, which everybody hates. And so, you know, right now, everybody's a little bit awash with money because of COVID relief money. And then this next wave of money is going to be that infrastructure money. And so uh, there, there is a real chance that you could see, you know, millions and millions of more dollars coming into Rhode Island sp- uh, specifically for infrastructure over the next couple of years. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And uh, Dan McGowan, there's another, there's some great stories in uh, folks, today's edition of the Boston Global One. That is uh, very in-depth. Rhode Island leaders call for action on gun bills. Now, I think, you know, I've always said, you know, on various issues, whether it's uh, stricter drunk driving laws or whatever it may be or voting. But if if the leaders ever really wanted to do something, they really don't have a lot of opposition to stop them. And I've said in the past that Governor McKee and Speaker Sakachi and Senate President Ruggiero, the, the three of them could just go in a room and say, all right, let's do this. And boom, they could execute it. The fact that they had this uh, rally and, you know, McKee's up there and Nerona's up there. I, I think I would say right now, whatever they're going to come up with, and they all seem committed to it. I think we're going to we're going to see some kind of legislation regarding uh, either whatever people want to call it, gun control or gun safety. I think you're right. I think you're going to see. Uh, a couple of ones that you and I have talked about. I wrote a column about this last week, but I think you and I, uh, you know, you were actually uh, harping on it even maybe even more than I was. Raising that age to 21 to be able to purchase, I think, is something that is very much um, considered to be in play. Uh, of course, the the magazine, the high capacity magazines. Um, you know, the question is, will you, will you get to ban some of these kind of assault style? weapons that's always the one that you know hangs in the balance uh but i I think you're right i mean you described it pretty well you know this isn't a matter of whether or not they you know can all sit in a room together i think there's an effort of who's going to get the credit for it right right uh and if i'm governor mckee for for good reason in a democratic primary where i'm kind of stalled out um i would want to really take the lead on this um you know and i think what you want I think you. I, I think you, really to handicap the three. If you think of the governor, the speaker, the Senate president, you've got a governor who needs a boost and who who has signaled his support for some of these, um, you know, these measures already, even prior to the the tragic shooting in Texas. Um, so you, you know you've got that. Then you've got the Senate president. Senate president doesn't want egg on his face, right? He's this isn't about taking a lot of credit. 
he just doesn't want to look like the guy who, you know, held things up for the last decade or, or especially not this year. And then you've got kind of in the middle, you've got Speaker Shikarchi, who kind of looks at this like not an issue that he, you know, every day thinks about. He, he's much more of a, you know, try to get the, the economy going type of speaker. Um, you know, he doesn't like, I, I hate to call these wedge issues, but he doesn't love weighing in on the wedge issues. Um, but I think he, he's kind of in this position of he's looking at his chamber. You know, I, I think you have well over two thirds of that chamber that that's supportive of some type of, you know, new laws here related to guns. And I think he's saying, all right, I mean, I, I'm not a gun owner. I don't care that much. And if my right. chamber supports it, I'm in. But it, the, the thing is, all of that being said, you've had these scenarios in the past, not just on guns, but on lots of issues where similar things, right? Gina Raimondo wants credit. Senate president doesn't want to be embarrassed. And maybe you had a more conservative speaker in the past with Mattiello. Uh, there are times where these things fall apart. And, yep. uh, one thing I think is, is telling, though, is yesterday, you know, you saw the Senate president and the, the speaker put out a joint statement saying, we will do something meaningful this year. You know, when they make that promise, especially in an election year, it's really hard to renege and, and to go back on it. So now I do think it's going to be coming, you know, what's the, what, what are the bills that are the most realistic that you can get done? And then it's going to be trying to divide up kind of who gets the credit, who spearheaded this. Um, and, you know, that's an ugly thing, but it is just the way politics works. Now, Dan McGowan, a uh, couple things on this. Number one, I, I did notice, and again, it's, it's very uh, moving. And when you, but when you get some of the victims of gun violence in Providence, I, I'm going to say this, this bill isn't going to have, any unfortunately any effect on on those types that's right of, of shootings because they're not getting those guns legally and these are not high-powered weapons that they're using with a lot of this crime in providence it's it's they are getting just their access to handguns i've also noticed um you know it, it's interesting i people are saying you know well they, they got to arm the teachers i try to explain this there's, there's no way and of course the teachers union like we're not going to start doing that having teachers going through military style training but Dan McGowan, one thing that no one is hitting on that someone did ask me about, and that is, I know that, and I don't see any mention of this, but in Providence, especially, I do have a problem in the past. Uh, if there's any place that has had a juvenile bring a gun to school, it's Providence. And I can tell you that the penalties are not that severe that any type of juvenile that gets caught. Now, granted, it's a handgun more than, you know, than a, than a long gun or anything, but I noticed that there's nothing about that, and I just personal. I think that's part of the problem that a lot of these 16, 17 year olds, they're already starting to kind of show their hand that they're going to be a problem. 18 year old, and I, I don't see anything being done to address some of that. I think it's it's such a smart point, and it's the part that I think oftentimes the gun control advocates, or let's just face it, the kind of the left wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, conveniently ignores when it comes yes. to uh, when it comes to gun violence because you just nailed it. Look, I've been to those. You have too. You know, when, whenever there's a big uh, gun, you know, gun seizure in Providence, you go yeah. to the you know you go to the public safety complex and they they do a good job. I and mean, this is what happens all over the country. But they they put out all the guns on a table and they show you the cash they grabbed and the drugs they grabbed. And you look at the guns and they look like they're from. Uh, you know the, the 1930s yeah. uh, and i'm not talking about machine guns they're, no. they're, they're guns that you know have replaced handles on them and you know they look like they couldn't fire water let alone right. bullets um those are the guns that you have a problem with in, in providence you ne almost never it's 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 not uh, exclusively never but almost never hear about you know, a, a situation where, 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 you know, teenagers or early 20 something men are firing, you know, uh, you know, automatic style weapons or, you know, or, or anything like that. And you're right. You look, the, the other part of this is the, the leniency in the courts. We hear all the time about, you know, someone out on bail, someone getting out, you know, after they're getting caught with a gun or they get, you know, they plead down and they get, you know, kind of a relatively low time. <laughs> if there's any chance that you can predict whether or not, you know, someone is going to kind of reoffend when they're caught with a gun. <laughs> it's a, usually a, pre, a fairly good sign that, you know, they might be caught up in something far bigger than we, than, than we realize. And then more importantly, right direct to your point, you do hear this often. There are times, 
I, I say often when, when I mean often is, you know, a couple of times a year, yes. uh, which is too many with that, you know, you, you see a scenario where a kid, you know, steals a gun from his brother or somebody brings it to school, has it in the yep. backpack. And to the credit of, of children these days, think word spreads very quickly. And yeah. almost every time the, the, you know, you never see that gun in play in any way that the locker gets raided, the kid gets suspended but you don't see a lot of what happens next. You don't see, you know, if they're, if they're above, you know, 15, 16 years old, you don't see them charged with a pretty serious crime. With the kids, you don't see a big investigation into how the heck they got this gun and, you know, where, where did it come from and all those kind of things. Uh, but that does very, you know, it, it does happen. I think you probably need to have a conversation about sentencing. I'm not sure how you address it in schools other than, and, and this is, you know, something Governor McKee supports, particularly in the, the urban school districts, having right. those school resource officers in the high schools, sometimes in the middle schools. You know, sometimes those things can really help. But you, you got it. I mean, this, this you're not seeing the, the assault style weapons in the no. schools, but these other these smaller guns and just the the, you know, the, the level of kind of anxiety of, you know, the rumor spreads that such and such has a gun. Yep. Everybody freaks out, and you don't talk enough probably about that. No, I learned it during the summer of 2020 when the local media would be interviewing certain young teens and things like that. And police would say, oh, you know, how comes, you know, such and such a news outlet? Yeah, they didn't mention that he got arrested when he was 17 when he brought a gun to Central High School. Right. But now in defense of the media, it's a juvenile record, and it's erased. You know, you can't go into that once they hit 18. So I also noticed, Dan McGowan, before we take a break, I mean, it was a year ago that BLM and they, they were having rallies in Providence to, you know, get the police out of the schools. And I, I didn't see any, any of that group, BLM group, or some of the other people that were supportive of that, get the police out of our schools. I didn't see them speaking at this rally. No, and you're and look, there still is a conversation about this happening. Now, it is in the last week, obviously slowed down quite a bit, and and might be, you know, might be something you're not going to hear, you know, all the way through the elections. You might, you know, might, you know, peak up again sometime next year. But yeah, that's very much, uh, you know, an effort that has been ongoing, particularly in Providence, and you know, th- I've always been struck by this because the you hear from really passionate at you know activists and advocates and, and certainly students who say you know we're concerned about this we're concerned about this but then you very quickly turn to you know folks in the community other students you know um certainly city council members who say wait a minute we're hearing this is the exact opposite of what the community wants that you know right. on one hand you have the activists who say no school resource officers ever on the other hand you say you know, these people, we, we need far, we need more uh, resource officers in these schools. And so, you know, this is one of those issues that you know, divides particularly the Democratic Party. Um, but I, I think it's one of those because of what happened in Texas. Uh, something tells me you're not going to see that the, the, to the credit of the activists, they tend to be uh, fairly strategic. They know this is not the moment to say get cops out of schools. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe. And again, his piece today with these gas prices soon, everyone's going to be on electric scooters. <laughs> Much more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. 
We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe. I did, was curious, just get your thought. There was a gubernatorial forum last Friday. Uh, I, I believe everyone seems to agree there's still this this big undecided in, in the race. Um, Helena Folks uh, had a COVID issue, I believe, so she was not there. But the basically, it seems as if you know, two people kind of went into their roles. One is is Matt Brown really going the offensive and uh, Governor McKee trying to swat him off a little bit. Um, Nellie Gobea, to her, her credit, is able to then kind of stay out of it, even though, if anything, she certainly could have an axe to grind with uh, Matt Brown. But, Dan McGowan, I'm just curious your thoughts on this uh, gubernatorial forum. Well, remember, this was a far, you know, if the Chamber of Commerce, or the, I'm sorry, it's the RIPEC event a couple of weeks ago, you know, was... Uh, appealing to the moderate to I'm not gonna even say conservative but certainly the wealthier folks in Rhode Island the wealthier Democrats uh this one was you know it was a lot about poverty and housing and you know this was the home field advantage for uh Matt Brown and I, I think Daniel uh Luis Daniel Munoz uh to some degree and they felt very comfortable and seemed to be very strong with kind of the way they um, outline their views. I think you hit it on the head. You know, Governor McKee's in this weird spot where he feels the need to kind of defend everything he's doing. He's sort of always under the attack. And by the way, these are low level kind of, you know, things. Most most Rhode Islanders are not paying attention to these forums at this point. Right. Um, I can only imagine what it's going to be like when, you know, when the when the attack ads start, he's going to be on the defensive every single day. And it does allow Nellie Gorbea almost reminds me it's not quite as dramatic and fun but you know if you remember back to 2018 Gina Raimondo sitting on stage between Joe Trillo and Alan Fung right. you know fighting each other and she yeah. looked gubernatorial she got more yeah. popular by being quiet <laughs> and just standing up there and looking like a grown-up um and, and I think you know Nellie Gorbeus in this spot where I think she does come across in these forums as the grown-up in the room the only problem with that is where she runs a risk is kind of not really defining herself, right? She right. doesn't, she, she's very careful with everything she comes out, of, uh, you know, she comes out on. She, even at the, you know, the debate a couple of weeks ago, you know, sort of opened the door to the potential of raising taxes on the wealthy, but then, you know, was very careful to say, I'm not saying I want to do it next year. She, she just, she, she becomes a little nervous with kind of how she explains things, but, I do think she, you know, she carries herself. She's not facing any attack. She never gets criticized for, you know, for anything. And as you and I have said a million times, you're not going to find Democrats criticizing, you know, the way elections work. It's just, it's That's just right. not going to happen. It could happen in the general. It's not going to happen in the primary. And so uh, she does kind of find herself in this nice spot. She just has to remember almost not to disappear on stage as opposed to, um, she, she, she has, she has to find the way to, you know, come across as the grown up, but also, you know, leave people remembering who she was or is. Dean McGowan, one more thing. It's we've made it to June. Is it still early in your mind? Because if things were to break right now, just the, the folks campaign, I, I mean, maybe they're all saving it up for a big finish, but that campaign right now is just still, it's just nowhere. Yeah. They're telling people that they're, that they're going to be the, you know, the horse in the race that, that, you know, makes them, you know, down the stretch and, and, you know, kind of takes the lead after, you know, being in the back the whole way, uh, excuse the tortured uh, horse race reference there, but, uh, you know, that's the case that they're, they're making. Um, but you, I think you're right. I will give her credit in that, in that forum on Friday, you know, she had COVID, so she missed it. Right. And she spent the whole time or her staff spent the whole time tweeting responses. I actually mm -hmm. thought that was a pretty clever way to, um, you know, to kind of still have a presence despite having COVID. It, it's interesting because you can't attack her. You can't say, well, she should have shown up. Well, she had COVID. What was she going to do? Um, so I thought that was interesting. But you're right. You know, she still hasn't jumped out. You know, she's got a new commercial up on air just now. She, I think she's going up with it today where she, you know, talks about trying to, you know, give everybody 500 bucks, which has been one of her proposals. But she, she hasn't landed there just yet with the electorate. I, I'm so interested to see the next round of polling, you know, when uh, people are, are actually, you know, potentially have, have actually heard of her because of her advertising. Because right now, you're right. I mean, she, she's not even, you didn't mention 
this conversation, I don't think we would have talked about her performance. We would at not. The no. And unless uh, over the next unless she's going to be running ads during the NBA finals, I'm. I don't think I'm going to see a commercial. And if this weather stays nice like this, I don't think anyone is. That's right. Finally, I do want to point out, folks, and there's a big story in the Boston Globe. And this is one of the problems whenever Rhode Island tries to get involved with something. Um, and this could, I think, could potentially cause problems down the line. But uh, Brian Emerald, as Pawtucket Soccer Stadium costs or Rhode Island considers more public funding. And the number that immediately jumps out of me right away is you know, not only maybe $30 million, but now suddenly the budget goes to $83 million. Dan McGowan, see, this is one of the problems. Whenever, you know, if this is this for a soccer stadium, who's to say that this would not turn into this for, like, the Superman building? Exactly. I mean, the immediate thing that I yep. keep thinking is the, is the Superman building. And, you know, look, you're always going to have some cost overruns. Go look at Worcester and their baseball stadium right, right. now. They, they've gone over. The thing is, is that, They've gone over, but you actually see something right there. There, You can go to Worcester tonight and go to the stadium and around the stadium, you've seen development. And I think once people see these things, they start to feel a little better. They, you know, they say, you know what, that costs a lot, but I, I, I personally have been to the Worcester stadium. I like it. It's fun. Here's the, but when you're, when you're not even, you know, really shovels in the ground just yet, um, I mean, you know, they're doing stuff around there, but you know what I mean? And, and they, and they're already asking for more money and you're, and you're yeah. hearing about inflation and yeah. mind you, you know, when Worcester was a, when Worcester was going overboard and, and paying more for its stadium, you know, this was last year and two years ago, uh, gas prices weren't as high, right? The, the, the price of, you know, the cost of doing business wasn't quite as high. And so people said, okay, well, you know, that's, that's just typical. These things go over. Now you're talking, you know, high percentage points where these numbers are, you know, are, are going way up. And I, I think you're right. I think it becomes a, a, a challenge. Pawtucket's an interesting one because that soccer stadium has, you know, really kind of flown under the radar, right? People, yeah, uh, it, it wasn't as glamorous as the as doing a baseball stadium. Minor league soccer is not going to be quite as popular as not that minor league baseball is all that popular, but we all felt some right. certain way about the Paw Sox. Um, and so this one, you know, the, the, this is the classic situation where, you know, the, the developer comes kind of hat in hand and says, Hey, you know, we've gotten started, but we need more. And now there's a, you know, it's almost a game of chicken. Um, I think this becomes an issue for, uh, commerce secretary Pryor as he's running yeah. for office. Uh, I think that's a big factor. Uh, be interesting to see how he and, and, and former mayor Diosa kind of handle this because you've got on one hand prior, pushing this through on the other hand you know dios is from the blackstone valley he supports this project and so it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle that um but you're right i I think it raises the question there are certainly fair questions to be asked and you have asked them about you know the true cost of the superman building and any development that's going to be happening in the next couple of years um i I think we should be keeping an eye on, on all of these projects because uh you know with with inflation you know so high um, I, I think the price tag goes up everywhere. Yeah, and that's the problem, especially when they say, well, you know, the price of where we are now is far different from when we that's tried right. to do this, you know, two and a half years ago. And the thing is, you say, you're exactly right. I mean, it's not like it's halfway there. What happens if, in fact, they do get halfway there? I right. think I think the Superman building, if someone is paying 5 $6 a gallon for gas, they, they have no appetite to give a wealthy developer, you know, some extra money to build a building. Folks, each weekday, I start where I get roadmap. It's delivered right to my inbox. It's an email. It's free. It has links to all these stories we talk about and a lot more. And Dan McGowan, if you'd be so gracious as just to make the offer and uh, offer this to everyone who might be listening right now. Well, and John, we'll hit a, a major milestone on, Here we go. on, on Friday. Uh, oh. It will be our third birthday roadmaps, yep. the third year of roadmap. Wow. Um, and, uh, I, we have not quite got there yet. I've been, I've been waiting to tell you we're at a hundred thousand subscribers. Holy we're, cow. We're... This is like the scene in social network where they have the tote board <laughs> That's and right. the subscribers. Wow. No, I... Congratulations. 100,000. Well, I, I should say we're, we're, I've been, I've been waiting to tell you that because we're, we're not quite there yet, but with your help. We will get there. I, I, I would wow. imagine by the end of the week, we'll get to that 100,000 number, uh, which is a cool thing. And That's so for, amazing. For everyone out there, you hear me and John talk about it every Wednesday. 
and you know you get new stuff sometimes you get analysis sometimes you get just a little scoop we broke the story about mike solomon dropping out of the mayor's race things like that and then you get a rundown of you know you get my column but you also get all my colleagues stories about rhode island um uh, you, you, the brian amaral story about the the soccer stadium all kinds of things amanda milkovitz great stuff then you get a nice little rundown of what's going on in the paper broadly you get good yeah. coverage of the celtics you get the red sox stuff um, and so all you have to do, it's completely free. Send me a blank email. Don't have to write anything else. Don't have to write anything in the subject line. Just to rinews at globe.com. Rinews at globe.com. And you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dave McGowan. Dave McGowan, great job. Congratulations on the 100,000. We'll talk to you again. Thanks so much, John. Have a great day. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, dipetro.com, the Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers, there's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com remember weekdays 11 to 2 but visit the website dipetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website dipetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get it's a happening all links to the show plus if you ever miss any part of the show it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com Brothers Disposal. Call them today, 401-688-0517. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. You can clean out unwanted belongings. Maybe clean out your garage. Clean out your basement. Clean out your attic. Old toys. Old things you don't even use anymore. Old furniture. It's so much easier when you have a dumpster delivered right to your home, and then they'll take it away when you're done, whether it's for a weekend, for a week, for a month, brother's disposal call brother roland today at 401-688-0517 401-688-0517 come on brother call brother's disposal look for them on facebook they have those purple dumpsters they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother's disposal today whether it's a small household construction project or maybe just cleaning out some unwanted belongings get a dumpster in your driveway or business brother's disposal 401 401- 688-0517 to check out our website dipetro.com dipetro.com which is sponsored by and brought to you by the centerdale revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several rhode island best of awards best of rhode island awards the centerdale revival delicious food cocktails a lot of fun stop it and see them 2025 Smith Street in North Providence.